G'day there, Jess here. Welcome to the Create and Thrive podcast. This is episode 285. And today I have an interview for you with Cassandra Pons of Lazy Girl Lingerie. I've known Cass for many years now. She was a longtime member of the Thriver Circle, my membership community for makers, where she worked her way through my Your Year to Thrive course and in, participated in our live calls and chats and workshops. And now she has a full-time, very successful business of her very own. Uh, I'm really proud of what she's achieved and it's been really great to watch her grow her business over the last few years and she's done it really smartly. So I wanted her to come on the show and share her story and her journey with you today in the hope that you will pick up some useful tidbits of knowledge from what she's managed to achieve over the last few years. Before we begin, I just want to give a shout out and thank you to all the members of the Thriver Circle, past, present and future. Uh, I don't run ads on the podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, you might get a few ads. Uh, so the podcast itself is fully supported by my students, the people who choose to become a member of the Thriver Circle or take one of my other courses. So thank you for everybody uh, to everybody who has supported the show. If you would like to support the show, you can do the same. You can also uh, leave me a rating or review over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or over on the Grand Thrive Facebook page. I would love to hear from you and know that you're enjoying the show and finding it helpful and useful. So thank you so much for all that support. All right, let's get started with today's interview with Cass. Do you want to grow a thriving, profitable handmade business? My name's Jess Van Den, and I'm here to help you do just that. I took my own handmade business full-time in 2010, and since 2013, I've helped thousands of makers, just like you, create and grow successful handmade businesses. So, are you ready to thrive? Let's get learning. Welcome, everybody. I am here today with Cassandra Pons, who I know and have known for a few years. Welcome to the showcast. Thanks for having me, Jess. I'm really excited to be here. <laughs> I'm excited too because I've been watching your creative evolution and journey over the last few years uh, in the Thriver Circle and it's been really awesome to see you grow your business basically from the beginning to now where you've become really successful and that's oh. <laughs> kind of what we're going to be talking about today is that evolution and how you've made that happen. Um, so can you just tell everybody kind of what you do and how you got started with it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I'm Cass and I am the founder of Lazy Girl Lingerie. Um, so I make handmade lingerie um, and so I do lingerie, sleepwear, a little bit of loungewear as well. Um, and yeah, my whole concept with the business is making things um, to people's measurements. Um, so I'm really passionate about diversity and inclusive sizing and I find that the best sort of way to encapsulate that um, but in terms of my creative career path I've always been a bit of a creative soul when I was a little girl I um, was always making things and um, my best friend and I started a bunny business we would like make paper bunnies and we would design outfits for them and sell them like as catalogs to our friends. So looking back, it's kind of funny because I feel like that was my first forte into business. <laughs> um, yeah. And, but yeah, I was always like making things. And then later in life, uh, later in my um, teens, I sort of got into more of the fashion design sort of thing. Um, during art, I really was into like upcycling vintage clothes um, and for my final art piece in high school I decided to do a little collection 
around upcycling vintage clothes um and my art teacher really loved the collection and she was like you should actually apply for this grant that their um, Youth Arts Queensland was um, providing in Townsville where I grew up Mm -hmm. um, and actually won the grant, which was really exciting. Um, And I used the money to buy a sewing machine and a camera and it sort of just launched me into that creative scene in Townsville. Um, Yeah, so it was a lot of fun. I got to meet like local designers and Mm -hmm. um, intern with them. And yeah, I was sort of, after I finished school, I was working for Queensland government. So it was very much a side hustle, like Mm -hmm doing like the um, admin sort of work and then the creative work on the side. But it really got me so interested um, in that fashion scene and it made me realise that that's what I wanted to do for my career. Can I just interject here? What high school did you go to in Townsville? Uh, I went to Pimlico. (laughs) You were the enemy. I went to Caroline. Uh, uh, (laughs) That's okay. We can still be friends. That's hilarious. So, uh, (laughs) yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Uh, Okay, so you kind of had that, and then you were working a normal job. um, Yeah. Doing this on the side. Yeah. At what point did you kind of have an idea that maybe this could be a full time thing? Um, I think when I sort of was involved in like um, an emerging designer store in Townsville and I saw other sort of um, quite successful business women and that really inspired me to think like this isn't just like a little thing that people do on the side this is someone's actual um, income and a business and livelihood um, and I saw probably the value of studying as well um, it, you know you don't have to study to have a creative business but I really wanted to do that um, so yeah. So what was your qualification that you ended up with? Um, so I ended up um, moving to the Gold Coast and I studied um, a advanced diploma in applied fashion design and technology. And it was an amazing course. It Like I learned so much. I really loved the um, technical like garment construction and pattern making, um, but we also covered a lot of the IT elements and a little bit of business things as well. Um, but yeah, it was amazing. I really loved the course. And it's kind of about the connections that you make as well. Like through that course, I was able to get an internship with a local bridal label and yeah it's about those connections and yeah getting your skills to a point where you feel confident to sell that work to people mm-hmm. I feel like sewing especially like del- you know intricate stuff like you do I feel like that's a very technical skill yeah and, you know, especially if you're creating your own patterns then having yeah. that you know training in that technical skill is incredibly yeah. useful I mean making clothes for bodies you know they're no two bodies are the same yeah exactly (laughs) and the more you learn about it yeah like I remember in college we did we made like a you make like a block which is Mm -hmm. like what a pattern is like the blueprint of the pattern basically and all the girls in the class like we were a really similar age most of us looked similar in appearance but you know when we did our measurements every single person was so different and I think that's where the whole light bulb came from as well like we are all so different and sizing can be frustrating like Mm. I think we've all been to a shop and it's like the size that you normally wear but it doesn't fit for some reason um so yeah sort of those all those little bits of the puzzles sort of came together yeah wanting to find a better way to do it yeah I mean I totally I think probably most people watching have had that experience where like you've got a part of your body that doesn't fit the norm you know like for me my waist is smaller and my like thighs are bigger so like finding a pair of pants that fits my thighs and my waist it's really exactly I know it's yeah we and you're so right like every I think every woman and probably even men as well like Mm. have the same thing but I think yeah 
it's it can be frustrating too. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So yeah. um, so it's nice, you know, that idea that somebody's making something that will fit you and your body perfectly. Yeah. So you what at what t- sort of year did you start Lazy Girl Lingerie? Um, so I've been going for it's six years this year. So I'm pretty sure that's 2016. So that was when it all sort of kicked off. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Got <laughs> <laughs> to check. Yeah. So yeah, I started, um, and I just started really naturally. I was making things and I made an Instagram page and I just shared photos of the work that I was doing. Um, and then I made an Etsy shop because um, it was really simple to do. And I had a fair bit of interest in the Etsy shop, um, which was really exciting to sort mm. of see, you know, would people be interested in the things that I was making? Um, and, yeah, then I, as I had time, I built the website. I tried out a couple of different platforms. Mm. Um, and now I'm with Shopify, which I love so much. And, yeah, I guess my approach with the business has really just been, yeah, start with what I have, do what I can, and then improve as I go. And, yeah, I guess having always having that, like, um, you know, in the beginning I had a full-time income and then I brought that down to a part-time income and having that was it almost helped me to relax and just be like, you know, I can do this at a slow and steady pace. I'm not trying to, you know, pay all my bills right now with this. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really smart. And that's definitely mm. what I encourage people to do because I think people perhaps if they haven't had a business don't realize that it just does take a good whack of time to really get things up and running. And yeah. it's a lot less stressful if you have income coming from somewhere else so you don't have to rely on it. Um, exactly. I mean, some people might, you know, thrive under the challenge of I really yeah. have to make this work or I'm yeah. not going to eat. That but... might be someone's forte, but not yeah. mine. <laughs> no, it's not mine either. Yeah. That just stresses me out. So, <laughs> And I love that you do like advocate for people to do that. Like if everyone's situation is different, but not to put that pressure on yourself. Like mm-hmm. it could be a lot of pressure for someone to start a business and think, oh, like this has got to be a six figure business right now. Mm-hmm. Like that's a lot of pressure to start with. Yeah. And if you have the luxury, like someone who's starting a brick and mortar shop, they don't have the luxury of keeping a full-time job yeah, and running that yeah. most, well, most of them, because you've got to be there. So yeah. for those of us who have online businesses or, you know, we do the markets on the weekend or whatever, yeah. we have the luxury yeah. of being able to do that. Uh, yeah. And I think that can be a nice safety net. And, you know, exactly. I'm all about it being a marathon, not a sprint. So yeah. if you're starting mm. a business, you should be thinking long-term. Exactly. Otherwise, yeah. what's the point? So thinking long-term you're like well I don't have to rush into (laughs) you know trying to do this full-time straight away I can just let it evolve and develop naturally till perhaps it reaches that point yeah that's it yeah and that sounds agree (laughs) yeah 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 so at what point did you make that leap to going this is it this is what I'm going to do full-time yeah um it happened really gradually for me so yeah so when I started I was working full-time um I worked for a really amazing bridal label and they really inspired me so much to see like what is possible in a business. I'd never seen a business like that. Um, and they were just really amazing women who I'm still friends with today. Um, and yeah, and then I sort of got to the point where I wanted to grow my business instead of growing someone else's. Um, so I transitioned to part-time and then casual work. Mm-hmm. And I found for my circumstance that like hospitality was a good fit for me because my brain kind of works a lot better in the day so I could wake up <laughs> and do all my work on Lazy Girl and then at night go and do a couple of hours work. Um, and it was a bit of a hard slog, you know, you're quite, you know, it's a long day to sort of work all day in your business and then still be working at night. 
Um, but that was what worked for me. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, it sort of has been for I maybe since like about July or August last year that I've been doing it completely full time. It just got to the point where I couldn't do it anymore. I had to just, yeah, really <laughs> needed the time to work on my business. And yeah, it's good. I really love it. <laughs> so uh, so we're recording this in February 2022. Yeah. So that means that last year was 2021. Now, for those outside of Australia, you might not know that here in Queensland, where we both live in Australia, we haven't had many lockdowns over the last yeah. two years of COVID. Like life was mostly normal until kind of January, well, January this year, where we opened the borders again to everybody. And now we have COVID and we have to live with it. But before that, we had only very small lockdowns. So like working in hospitality, you know, in other places in Australia and the world, that wouldn't have been so much of an option for a lot of that period of time, I guess, for a lot of people. Yeah, that's it. And but even like, even still, there were still lockdowns where Mm. like things were shut down. um, And it kind of made me realize like, sometimes you can I don't know, like think that a business income is risky or not stable. But in my experience, you know, in the past couple of years, like what has been my bulk of my livelihood is my business because even when, you know, hospitality did close down because of COVID, like I could always make my income through my business online. So it made me really appreciate that and see, um, you know, the potential for that. Yeah, and I know, you know, there's been a lot of people who started businesses in the last two years and yeah. have done really well because of lockdowns and everybody having to shop online. And it's definitely, I think, it's made a bit of a cultural shift to online shopping, perhaps for people who weren't online shopping yeah. beforehand. So there's mm. definitely more options for people now and, and more more customers than ever before shopping I online. Um, yeah. So do you sell just in Australia or do you sell internationally as well? Um, definitely internationally as well. So I think because I started on Etsy as a platform, um, it had international shipping from the beginning and a lot of my customers have always been in the United States, Mm -hmm. um, which is very interesting, but I have found since COVID that it is a lot more Australian people Mm -hmm. that are shopping with me. So I find that quite interesting. Um, you know, maybe the words just getting out a bit more and also people wanting to support small local businesses, which is really lovely. Yeah, I've actually found that as well. I didn't know whether like I had to stop kind of free shipping to the US early in COVID and I only just managed to do it again recently because Etsy's brought in the domestic and global shipping options, which has been awesome. Such a good tool. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, you know, that might have had an impact on my business and other people's businesses as well. Uh, But I love the idea, you know, people are kind of, you know, realizing, hey, we need to support those local businesses and then... And really, it's been really nice to see that kind of resurgence of that over the last few years. So with yours, you said now you're you're on Shopify. Are you still, do you still have your Etsy shop as well? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love Etsy and I'm a big fan for using it if it works for you. But yeah, I sell on, I've got my website and I sell on Etsy. And I also have a few other um, drop shipping websites. Um, So there are other like, larger lingerie boutiques that um they sell like multi-brand like Mm -hmm. so all different brands um and so i find that has been a really good way to sort of have you know your income dispersed in different areas as well i do do a little bit of wholesale but that's more if people come to me and would like me to do it i'm more than happy to but i don't spend a lot of time sort of looking for for that yeah i guess just being a small like 
you know, a small team, then it's it's hard to do it all. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Mm. So what got you interested in the sort of dropshipping, getting involved in those larger platforms? Was that something um, just because you're in the fashion industry that's pretty common in that industry? Yeah, I guess it's common and I guess the people just approached me for it. Mm-hmm. So okay. there's um, one of the stores is Anya Last Two. There is an amazing, amazing lingerie. Um, it's like a luxury lingerie store in um, New York, mm-hmm. and I've always admired them. But I never would have even like pitched myself to them. <laughs> and then one day she messaged me on Etsy and was like, um, "I yeah, love your work. I have a little lingerie store. Would I be able to stock it?" And then she mentioned who it was, and I was just like fangirling, like, "Of course!" <laughs> trying to play it cool, but I was like, "This is the coolest thing ever." <laughs> Um, but yeah, just like, you know, and ha- I think that's the beauty of being part of a uh, um, platform like Etsy is people are already like there and looking for things. So they will find you. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because I'm, I'm similar to you in that I don't chase wholesale, but if people come to me, if it's the right fit, then I'll do yeah. it. Um, and yeah. I, I think all of them have found me on Etsy. Like they've yeah, approached me through Etsy. Um, yeah, because I have a few. I've had a few American stockists and, and in other countries as well. So yeah, that's again the benefit of being on that sort of platform where people are looking for the thing. Yeah, um, and, and you can view it as like a form of a marketing as yes. well. You know, like yeah, you're putting yourself out there where people are already going. So it's yeah. worthwhile. Exactly. Okay, speaking of marketing, let's talk about your marketing. Um, yeah. What's been the evolution of that over the last? few years of your business yeah definitely um so yeah everything's been really like natural and organic like I like I said in the beginning I just started an Instagram and I just started sharing photos of what I make um and so Instagram is something is a tool that I've always used and I guess my mindset is to be instead of like trying to sell to people I'm just sharing what I'm doing and I'm building a community and yeah, just being really natural about it. And I think people really appreciate that, mm-hmm. but also having a strategy. So um, I, you know, I've invested as I could in Instagram courses and things mm-hmm. like that so that you're not just doing things willy-nilly. You've got a strategy <laughs> to do it. Um, and I also really love Pinterest and I find mm-hmm. that, you know, Instagram is a marketing tool that takes quite a lot of time, whereas Pinterest is something that you can set and then forget until the next time that you schedule your things. <laughs> Um, so they complement each other really well. And mm-hmm. I guess um, being a fashion brand, you know, I sort of put a lot of time and effort and resources into getting um, beautiful images of my work. Mm-hmm. So you might as well be using them on visual platforms. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a big benefit that handmade and create, you know, craft businesses and, and design businesses like yours have is that you have lovely images. So, you know, of course, why wouldn't you use them and, and get them out there? And um, they, they do, you know, the whole a picture says a thousand words and they really represent your work and, and yeah. I think, you know, you, you do obviously because you have photo shoots for your launches yeah. and, you know, you get lots of different models and so yeah. you've got that diversity uh, of models in there which shows people the, you know, the possibilities, I guess, um, for them to wear your work as well. Yeah, and I think it's important for, like I still have a long way to go with my brand for diversity but for people to be able to see themselves mm. in representation, like instead of, you know, only showing one, showing one type of body in the media, it's important to really try and show a different, um, like all different shapes and sizes because people like to see that. Like we don't, you know, it's important to represent everyone. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, if people, I think people feel more comfortable with a brand when they do see that, um, especially if they don't fit the ideal body type, um, yeah. you know, to, to approach, you know, they, they see that in your marketing, they'll, they'll be more comfortable to, you know, buy from you and approach you and, and speak to you about, and especially if, you know, you're saying you do a lot of custom sizing for people like uh, yeah. is all of your stuff custom size or just that's an option people have. Um, at the moment, yeah, it sort of evolved. When I first mm -hmm. started, it was just standard sizing, but because I was selling internationally, I was finding people would let me know their measurements anyway, because they're like, oh, I hope I've ordered the right size. I live in America. Mm -hmm. Um, and also people would message me and be like, you know, I, I wear this size, but I have this issue. Like, you know, I'm really tall. So my body suits are too short. Um, so Story really in my life. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wear one piece togs. Yes. <laughs> yeah, very, yeah. It's so common. And even like, I'm the opposite. Like I'm really, I'm very short. So I have like a short torso. So they're too long. Like we're all so different. So it really just evolved to be the best thing to do because, mm -hmm. um, yeah, people were really, there was a cry, cry for it. And, you know, if that's what your customers are crying out for, why would you not, you know, help them with that? Yeah, and being a small independent business, you know, you're making everything. Why wouldn't you? Because you have to make yeah. it custom anyway, right? Like you have yeah, to make exactly. every size like it's so all, everyone. Yeah, <laughs> it's all made to order. So there's yeah. no reason why I wouldn't do it. And, yeah, I guess that's why I think, like, to me, being handmade and starting off making everything myself wasn't a disadvantage. Like, I think mm -hmm. it was an advantage because it meant that I could adapt to that and I could do made to order. I didn't have to sort of. A lot of times when people start a fashion label, they have to sort of, you know, have a, a bulk of stock made with a manufacturer and you would only be able to have set sizes, whereas I feel like it was a real blessing that I could do that myself. Mm. So you've got your Instagram, you've got your Pinterest, those are your mm. two main marketing channels. You've got Etsy as a marketing tool as well, of course. Yeah. Platform. Yeah. Um, are there any other things you've tried but that just haven't worked? What or that you have haven't enjoyed. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think my issue is like I want to do everything. So yeah. I'd love to like be on TikTok. I'd love to be making more reels on Instagram. Um, and I want to do all the things. And I guess that spreading yourself too thin is something that I can be very guilty of and thinking <laughs> that like this is a shiny object and I want to do this new strategy. But it's like actually just get Instagram to a point where you're doing that so well and it's doing really well for you and trying to perfect the things that I'm already doing and then moving on to something else or yeah, like getting help in the business so that I can free up time to do stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so again, real, I've been experimenting a bit with reels lately because like, I feel like on Instagram now, that's all you see almost when you scroll through your feed, yeah. like half yeah. to two thirds reels. And it's like, frustrating for those of us who usually just do posts it's like well yeah. do I, I just have to evolve with the platform <laughs> you know? I think so I know and I guess I was really resistant I am a little bit resistant to change which is something yeah. I'm trying to work on I'm a bit set in my ways but I when like you know TikTok and even the reels came out I was just like you know it's amazing but I was just like how am I gonna have time mm -hmm. to do this like and I had a bit of a you know a bit of a mindset issue about it Whereas now, you know, I'm trying to think, you know, how can I work this into things that I already do? So I already, if I make like a custom order, I'll already take a photo of it and share it and just sort of making sure I video it in a way that could be on my story and it could also be a reel. And I'm not staging those things. Like I'm literally just doing it as I'm making it. So it's not really any more effort 
Um, but yeah, it, you know, a lot of us are small businesses, like it's a lot of makers do it all by themselves and it can feel like there's so many things to do and not enough time. So yeah. Yeah. That is the eternal struggle. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I think, I think it's good for people, maybe not good, maybe it's terrifying, but for people to realize <laughs> that never stops. Like, it's not like you, yeah. I mean, it does get easier. Like I, I think after the first few years, you've kind of learned a lot. You've got things established, you've got systems in place, things do get easier, but nothing outside of you stays the same. So you have yeah. to be willing to evolve and change with what's going on which can be frustrating yeah. especially if you've like hit on something that's working really really well and then for some external reason suddenly it stops working really well and you're like why yeah. what you know what, what i'm gonna happening? have to fix this yeah i know yeah. and i guess yeah for me like the biggest journey has been like you know yeah you change is like the only constant but just developing that confidence in myself and not having as much self-doubt that I'm like, well, yeah, like I actually don't know what's going to change or what's going to come up in the future. But now, you know, I've overcome, you know, challenges and I've been able to, yeah, conquer it all. <laughs> Yay. Okay. Yeah. So uh, do you still just work by yourself or have you got people working with you now? Um, I, for a long time, it's just been me. And then recently I've hired some help in the business, which is so exciting. Um <laughs> And it feels like a big relief. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like, I wonder why I was so stressed. <laughs> I was trying to do it all. Yeah, yeah. Um, but sure. it's hard to admit help, like, as mm -hmm. well. Like, I am the kind of person I want to do it all. Like, I'm like, why would I not? But, yeah, it's been, it's, and it's quite a big process to go through hiring someone. Like, it's a huge time commitment. Um, so, yeah, I kind of wish I started a little bit earlier, to be honest, if I knew how long, um, yeah, finding the right person, training them, all that kind of stuff. But it's just one of those things that you learn from. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I have a helper. Um, she's helping me in mostly in making orders at the moment. Um, mm -hmm. But it would be nice to sort of progress her to also help with like, you know, packing and sending orders as well. That would be awesome. Um, in the beginning, I thought maybe I would outsource my marketing instead and then I would do all the making but I then I realized that I actually love doing the marketing. <laughs> I didn't want to give it up. So it just kind of became clear that, you know, the next thing I was spending the most time on was making orders. So it would be a good thing. Yeah. And it's exciting to teach someone yeah. and to see them enjoy making your product and sort of, yeah, it's really exciting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been through that myself in my business with Nick in the jewelry business, teaching him how to make things. And it's yeah. it's, it's it's challenging and it can be stressful because you're a bit of a, well, I don't know about you, but a bit of a control <laughs> freak, a uh, bit yeah. of a perfectionist, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, I still quality control everything and he quality controls yeah. me too because I make some of the things and we kind of check yeah. each other's work and it's it's helpful to have that other person there and, you know, minimizes mistakes and things like that. So, yeah, it's, exactly. it's definitely, like you said, it's you kind of have that learning phase and then once you're over that, things are so much better and so much easier yeah. having that help there. Yeah, like you can do it all, but you don't have to. You can <laughs> have helpers. And and also like, uh, you know, like the sewing is something that I'm outsourcing, but also like photography, like I've never taken my own photos. I've mm -hmm. always sort of paid someone to do that. And there's been times where I sort of, I do have a camera. I don't mind taking photos, but I'm not a photographer. And I would, I love, you know, some people are really specialised in their skills and my photographer is incredible. Like the work that she does, I could never do that. And it's really nice to pay someone who's an expert in their field to do that so I can focus on like what is my special thing. Mm. And mm. I guess because you have to get models as well for your 
for your work it kind of makes yeah. sense to set up a, a, a photo shoot for a day or whatever yeah. sort of hire all the people and make it happen yeah definitely yeah to do it all in one yeah was that like a big expense at the beginning I imagine when you were just starting out like to, to go through that was quite oh my god I'm spending all this money <laughs> yeah it can be I guess um I've always like being in the fashion industry and then, um, you know, being a student at a college, you meet a lot of people who also went to Australian Institute of Creative Design and, you know, they also teach photography. And so there's other like photographers and stuff around. So you sort of learn to collaborate. And I also, I was working um, while I was studying, I worked in a cafe and um, a girl that I worked with, she was a like studying photography and we would always say when we finished our courses like we'd do a photo shoot together and then we did and you know that was something we just both volunteered our time to sort of get to the point where we were happy with what we were doing and then we moved on to a paid arrangement Mm because I think it's really important to pay people for their work so that you know it's important (laughs) yeah definitely Um, yeah, but there's definitely ways, you know, if you're starting out, there's always, you know, be open to reaching out to people and seeing if there's other people starting out like you and if you can sort of work together in a way like that. But it is a big expense. And I guess now, like, obviously, like, yeah, you've got to pay um, for your models, you've got to pay for your photo shoot. Um, and yeah, it can be expensive, but sort of, so I would do like, instead, I wouldn't just photograph one or two items, like I'd have a whole collection. I'm really strategic about making sure you know, you're photographing enough items, um, yeah, to make it worthwhile. Yeah, and I think, you know, that again, you're kind of harking back a bit there to that benefit of, of studying and you're in, in, and being part of the industry as well because yeah. you make those connections, which I yeah. guess a lot of us who are just crafters or hobbyists have just come to it by ourselves and perhaps don't have those connections, but there yeah. are ways to make those connections in, in the community as well. Yeah, exactly. And just being friendly, like just reach it, you know, like if I meet someone, I just have a chat and you just never know who you're going to meet or if there's like, yeah, like at a local market, get to know the people that are just like the stalls around you. And, you know, sometimes or even with COVID, we are at home, but having that same friendly approach to Instagram, like if you see someone on Instagram and they have a really similar aesthetic and values to your brand, just be friendly and have a chat and you know you might make a friend or you guys might do a fun collaboration together you just don't know yeah for sure and I I think that's a really nice thing about well the nice part of social media I guess is making those connections with people um back back in my day when I started in the (laughs) like late 2000s I had a a wonderful Etsy team who were really helpful um, yeah made all the difference for me that I could ask questions and mm. you know, get feedback from people who are a bit more experienced than me. This was mm. before Instagram existed, people. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I think there was Facebook and Twitter just at that point. Yeah. And I actually spent a lot of time on Twitter in those first few years. Um, it's kind of a precursor to what Instagram is today. You know, lots yeah. of people made connections there and, and chatted and things like that. So that was really for for me at the beginning of my career the first few years those connections were incredibly important because I really had no idea what I was doing I didn't you know I had very little business background and I was only just learning my craft as well so it was really helpful to have those people who I could learn from and then obviously you know teach and help other people as well and support other makers um, which is what I ended up doing but yeah it's 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 really nice and I actually got involved in some you know 
real ooh, there goes my keyboard in some real <laughs> life stuff as well like there's a yeah. there's a um, organization in brisbane called Bristyle, which yeah. started out as a um etsy team and has turned into a, so cool. something that is still going now and i was like the vice president of that for a while so i was involved in that for quite yeah. a few years and so it was nice to make those connections and feel like you're part of something part of a community yeah it helps it, keep you motivated I think it does and I guess that's something I didn't realize um you know I was so hell-bent on like doing like lazy girl full-time and then I got to that point and I'm like oh I feel really isolated mm. <laughs> where are all the people <laughs> um because I'm quite I don't think I'm an extrovert I think mm. I'm like an introvert that likes people around <laughs> mm-hmm. um so yeah it can be a little bit isolating I guess when you're in a work environment, you're all working towards like the common goal of that business. And when it's your own business, you know, you're the person that's moving everything forward. Um, and yeah, it can be a little bit isolating. And like you say, being part of like, yeah, Etsy teams or any sort of creative co-op in your local area, or if you can't find that, like doing it online, like in a membership community or something like that mm-hmm. is really helpful to, yeah, have that support system and people that just get it. Like they get, if you have, something happened in your business, you know, my partner's so supportive and my friends are really lovely and my mom's my biggest supporter, but you know, they don't have a handmade business. So they're just like, sometimes they just can't relate. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, to have people that get it and yeah, just so you don't feel alone. <laughs> yeah. It's very helpful. I mean, that's, mm. that's why I started the Thriver Circle really originally. Cause I'm like, you know, people need community and, 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 and support. So finding yeah. something like that is really useful as well. It is. Highly recommend. <laughs> <laughs> you were in there for a while. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> I loved um, it. <laughs> so let's have a think. What have we got? Um, I haven't asked you yet. <clears throat> what's been like your biggest challenges over this journey? Like it's from from what you've been saying, it's actually it sounded really, really great. Like, it, you know, it's just it's all <laughs> happened. It's all evolved naturally. It's all been fantastic. It's I'm all sure been sunshine been, and rainbows. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there have been some challenges along the way. There definitely have been. Um, I think, yeah, like the one constant is probably change and challenges mm-hmm. <laughs> in business. But yeah, I guess for me, um, the biggest challenge, like I mentioned before, was probably overcoming my own self-doubt. Like I think um, in the beginning, I lacked a lot of confidence and I felt like that almost crippled me. And I really was just so worried about it all. Um and it can be hard. Yeah. And I guess I really wanted to, it was challenging to sort of have that. Uh, I really enjoyed having like the side income to sort of help me propel, but to get to that point where I could do it full time, the mm-hmm. hustle, like it's quite a lot of hard work um, and quite exhausting at times. Um, but just pushing through and really, yeah, having that belief in yourself. Like I think as a small business owner, you need to believe in yourself fiercely and be, you know, like I mentioned, I have an amazing support system, which I really appreciate, but you also have to be your own best supporter mm-hmm. um, and really becoming that person for yourself is what has sort of helped me to, yeah, keep going. And once you sort of, sorry. You no, no, go ahead. <laughs> um, like you, like you say, just like to build your courage muscle. Like if you just start, you know, like you might have your first sale and then that is like the momentum that keeps propelling you. And yeah, just to keep going like that. But yeah, definitely hasn't, or yeah, always been sunshine and rainbows. Like, and I think that's the thing with like social media and any, like, you know, we tend to share our highlight reels Mm. and everything sounds amazing. And you're like sitting at home, like, why is, you know, well, that's not my reality, like what's happening, but you know, people, and I think, you know, like when you listen to podcasts from other business owners, like yourself, like I really appreciate how 
honest you are with like your own challenges and yeah like other makers um it just makes you feel like oh other people have had that problem too and like it's not like I'm not the worst person in the world like make a mistake <laughs> learn from it and move on just don't like don't keep making the same mistake but yes. yeah to give yourself that grace yeah definitely and I think I think the self-confidence one is a huge one and I think that is that's one of the biggest issues I see people struggle with is that mm. belief and self-confidence. And so yeah. I've seen so many people over the years who just have never gotten going because they keep second guessing themselves. Yeah. They're, they're trying to make everything perfect before they start. Don't yeah. do that. You can't, you yeah. cannot make everything perfect before you start. I agree. <laughs> just I know. Let it evolve, develop it as you go, but start the thing because if you don't that start is. the thing, you can never start that, that process of evolving and developing. Yeah. And, I mean, it's funny, like, looking at you you know you're you're young like you started this quite young too yeah but i, I think 21. <laughs> yeah 21 but yeah. even so even people in their 50s 60s are still still even though they have the life experience they can still suffer from that self-doubt especially yeah. if say you've been working in a different career your whole life and then suddenly you, you know you want to make something and sell it like that just because you, you have confidence in one aspect of your life doesn't mean you're necessarily going to be confident in another aspect of your life. Um, you know, there are those people who are always confident in, in everything they do and that's fantastic. Yeah. But, uh, you know, don't let that stop you. It's, it's just yeah. don't let it stop you. <laughs> you, know, no, you can figure exactly. it out. You can make yeah. it happen. I agree. And like, yeah having just starting I really agree with that as well like I didn't looking back I'm like what did I know I knew nothing <laughs> I was a child <laughs> but maybe like that was helpful like mm. I don't now I think now I'm so yeah anxious about everything I'm like oh it was probably helpful because I was young and carefree I just was like oh well I'll give it a go and yeah yeah, mm. yeah and I love that idea that you know people are like oh it's too late or whatever and I saw a thing on Instagram and it was like, well, you know, if you don't want to like do a four year degree or something, like say you want to study in four years time, it'll still be four years later and you would have either done it or not, you know, like, yeah, what exactly. else, what have you got to lose? I guess yeah, is, is the, the time question. will pass anyway. Yeah, yeah. The time will pass anyway. So why, mm. why not give it a try? And if it doesn't yeah. work out, it doesn't work out. And that's okay. Like I've tried so many things that haven't worked out, but I've learned yeah. from them and that's what life's all about really. Exactly. And like not, um, I guess another challenge, I, you know, I'm so passionate about what I do and I've really been like striving for this for most of my young life. So I feel like a lot of my identity and self-worth is tied up in the work that I do, mm -hmm. which it's hard not to, like I yeah. make, I make everything and I, you know, I'm so passionate about this, but I've had to really, you know, change my mindset about that. Like, you know, I'm really excited about what I do. I love it so much, but not to get my validation and self-worth from work like you know you're doing good work you're making people happy that's amazing but you know not tying your whole identity to it is important as well but sometimes things don't work out and you know there's no one has a crystal ball like we don't know how it's going to go but having that confidence in yourself that if it all didn't work out then you can and you know you have the skills to rebuild something else yeah that's a really great way of putting it actually like you know every, every I, I look back at you know my, my career, my work before I, I sort of started the business and, you know, I never stayed in a job longer than I think two years was the longest and I just sort of went from job to job. And these were like proper jobs, you know, like yeah. career jobs. Yeah. But I was like, I was always very like, if I don't, if I'm not loving this thing, I'm going to move on because life's too short yeah. to be doing something I, I don't like doing. <laughs> exactly. I've had that philosophy as well. And 
yeah, I sort of thought like, is there something wrong with me? Like, why can't I stick with things? But I just hadn't found my thing. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it takes a while to find that thing. (laughs) Yeah, but I don't regret any of it because it Mm. brought me to where I am and it taught me a lot of lessons along the way that Mm. have helped me you know, along my journey, like I still like, you know, my first few years was in various teaching roles and then I was working in um, education in like an intuition center as the manager. So I actually got some business training in that job, which I'd never looked for, you know, before, but it has held me in good stead since then. Uh, You know, like I learned, you know, I always, it's funny, like growing up, my dad was a salesman and um, I was like, I never, ever wanted to get into business. Like it seemed so boring and I had zero interest in it. Um, and you had that, You, I think people have that idea of sales as being icky, you know. And yeah. My dad's like one of the best people I know. So I know he wasn't like that, but it's still you have this idea that, you know, sales, oh, why would I want to do that? But then doing a job where I actually had to learn how to sell, I realized that, well, selling, it's, it's something that's easy to do if you believe in what you're selling. You know, if you actually think it's worthwhile and you think it's something that will make people's lives better, then it becomes like just natural because you're like, hey, this thing is really cool. It will help you. Um, Why not check it out (laughs) rather than feeling disingenuous? And I think that's if we're trying to sell something we don't believe in, that's where it doesn't work because we feel like sleazy or whatever. So if you're making something you love and you believe in and you think other people will love and enjoy, then Mm. reframe that in your mind, like frame it as I'm, I'm giving people an opportunity. I'm sharing something with them. If they choose to take it up or not, that's up to them. But I'm excited about this thing. Like let that come across, like let that love and that excitement for what you do come across in, in your marketing, you know, in the storytelling you do about your business and you'll find that you'll connect with the people who feel the same way. A hundred percent. Yeah. (laughs) Couldn't add anything better to that. (laughs) So what has been kind of one of the most exciting things? Was it like getting invited by that lingerie store? Would that be like one of the highlights of your business life so far? Yeah, it was definitely a fist bump (laughs) moment. Um, Yeah, it's such a fangirl. So I was like, yes. (laughs) Um, And yeah, like I've had other exclusive collections. So like a lingerie blogger, lingerie and literature reached out to me um, about doing an exclusive collection for her. And it was like inspired um, by literary works. Oh, cool. Um, Yeah, it was really cool. And she donated a portion of um, the designs to a charity that helps children um, learning to read. So that was a really beautiful initiative. And it was just amazing. And when these things happen, I'm like, you picked me. Like, thank you so much for letting me. do this and yeah I never would have even dreamed that that would happen um and yeah like those opportunities are so exciting but also just hearing from a happy customer like Mm. I've had I make a lot of like bridal lingerie um so it's a special moment in someone's life and I've put a lot of time and care into making it just right for that person and their body and sometimes brides will like I've had people send me like a card or a gift in the mail or send me like a photo from their boudoir shoot and they're like I've never seen myself like this like I feel amazing thank you so much and like I literally like cried like it just (laughs) makes me feel so like I can't believe like I was able to do that for you and play a small role in helping them to feel like that so those are probably like the biggest you know obviously like these achievements like they are like you love them but having Mm -hmm. that meaningful contribution to someone's life like that's probably the biggest fist bump for me. Yeah, I I would agree with that. Like when you hear Mm. from a really happy customer who has a story to tell about how your your product has 
made a difference in their life, that's that's a really amazing feeling, definitely. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so looking forwards, do you have sort of a, a, a roadmap, a, a business plan, or are you sort of just going where the winds take you? Um, I've definitely learned to, yeah, like have some sort of plan. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I find is like I have like a three-month plan. So, mm-hmm. you know, this quarter I'm working towards this and I have a rough vision for like the year ahead. But I guess, you know, COVID's been a really good teacher that in three months the whole world can change. Yeah. So <laughs> um, I think that's a good period of time to be like I'm working on this aspect of the business, I'm doing these collections and then adapting as I go. Um, but moving forward, like a big project. Um, so I've been teaching like in-person sewing classes cool. with a um, sewing studio in Brisbane, which um, I really love doing so much. And I'd love to do more of that online. So mm-hmm. I'd love to do like online sewing classes. And I think there's a real need for lingerie um, specific ones mm-hmm. um, and to do more kits and uh, d- downloadable patterns. I have a few, but I just haven't really had the time to um do more of that so I guess that's what really pushed me to get outsource some of um the making of my product as well because I was like trying to do these things and just never finding time to do it so I'm like well there's obviously an issue here (laughs) 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 I'd love to do more of that yeah I guess long term like I'd love to have a studio to work from um not really a store more like a studio where like Mm -hmm. we go and work and maybe teach workshops I wouldn't mind like doing appointments, but I don't think I would want to have like a retail store. Mm-hmm. Um, but that would be like a long-term goal, but putting it out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, for your business, I think I love the idea of like, you know, a, a buy appointment boutique because you could make yeah. it an experience, especially for brides. Like that sounds exactly. like the sort of thing yeah. that people would love to do, like with their, mm. you know, with their bride, bridesmaids or whatever, you know, come yeah. along and have some champagne and cake and get your measurements and pick your designs and all that sort of exactly. stuff. Like they yeah. do at bridal shops, I guess, like the high-end bridal yeah. shops. Yeah, I'd love to do something like that. So, yeah, <laughs> see how we go. <laughs> All the possibilities are out there. That's yeah. exciting. And yeah, I, I think what you said about, you know, COVID being a good teacher is we can have all these concrete plans in place, but sometimes <laughs> things go out the window and we just have to evolve and, and adapt and, and figure out how to make it happen. They so, really do. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm curious about um, your design process as well. Do you have, do you do it now? Are you at the point where you kind of have cycles that you just say every three months or six months you've like bring out a new collection is it that Mm. is it that like clockwork or is it a bit more organic it's definitely a bit more organic Mm -hmm. um so I've been making you know so I've like this is six years into the business so some of the designs that I sell are like you know the ones I started with in my Mm -hmm. first collection um but you obviously like as time goes you sort of take out ones that aren't working you might try to you know rephotograph them or tweak the design so that um it is you know Mm -hmm. perhaps more yeah, people would like it more. Um, but yeah, bringing out new designs is a big part of my work. I know you do more like, um, you know, you don't release collections that often. Um, but yeah, I'm like bringing out new work probably every two to three months. But okay. it's not it's not like set in stone. I mm-hmm. think I sort of have a rough idea, but I do sort of go with the wind <laughs> a little bit. If I have an idea, I and I just share it on Instagram. I put up a story like when I had the idea for the loungewear, it was a little bit different, like they're different mm-hmm. fabrics to what I work with. Um, and I didn't 
after a while you sort of worry I'm like oh is it going to be too different Mm -hmm. but I put up a story and I had never had so many like heart eye emoji (laughs) so I was like okay I think I'm onto something here (laughs) yeah so I think like having the plan but being flexible to adapt with that as well yeah and I love what you said there about like you know if you've built up an audience like take advantage of that audience and actually ask them what they want yeah and be adaptable yeah 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 like I really I listen to my customers like if they are like I need this like I make that happen because like you know my clients are so important to me like they are the lifeblood of my business and I want to give them give the people what they want (laughs) and if you give the people what they want then they'll buy it so that's a win-win for everybody really yeah yeah (laughs) awesome um did you happen to bring a quote with you today that you I did so I had to because I couldn't decide that's okay tell us okay I did a practice (laughs) with my mom for this interview and she liked both of them so I'm like I'll read both (laughs) um all right where is my quote I cannot find it, but okay, I remember (laughs) it. So my first one is life is what you make it. So I've had that pinned up on my wall for as long as I can remember. Um, And it just, yeah, that's just my philosophy on life, basically. Like I've always been hell bent on creating a life that I feel really excited to wake up and live. Like to me, life is such a precious gift. Like I'm, I just want to seize every moment. And I think work is an important part of that. Like we spend so much time of our lives working so it might as well be doing something that we love and are passionate about um and then the second quote is success true it's like I can't even remember it properly (laughs) but it's like true success is measured by how you make other people feel and that really like hit me in the heart because I'm like I'm you know building this life that I really love but I really want to do good work and help you know enjoy my life and help other people feel good as well and make that meaningful contribution so yeah <laughs> that's all yeah life is what you make it that's it it's so short but it's so poignant and true and yeah I think you know I don't know whether people are more aware these days I guess the internet's giving us a lot more possibilities than we had before of ways to live our lives and um you know it's funny thinking like because you're what probably about 15 years younger than me or something so you've grown up with the internet being there and it's always been a possibility um whereas when I was younger you know it was still you know you go to university and you get a job and that's what you do yeah yeah you know bit people who do business go do a business degree and then they join a company and you know like this idea of like starting my own small business was something that only really occurred to me in my mid-teens when the internet arrived it's like I wonder if there's a way to like make money from the internet oh maybe one day I'll figure that out and I did so that's nice so I guess I I put that little seed of possibility there when I was young but you know took me a while to figure it out so I think people are more aware now of the possibilities out there and you know there's all these ways to do side hustles and and make money and uh, it's sort of freed people up to be a bit more creative with their lives and perhaps they they could have a little bit earlier in time I think so. And I agree. Like, I remember when we did like a careers um, unit in high school, my guidance counselor, I was like, I want to be a fashion designer. And she's like, well, I don't know how to help you with that. (laughs) Like, you know, it's not like anyone was like, oh, like, you know, you'll be great at that. I just thought, I just was like, I want to do this. So I'm just going to figure out how to do that. So, Mm -hmm. but yeah, like, I think there's a lot more creative careers. um, And, you know, we get inspired by other people. You see other people, you know, doing something that they love and, 
yeah, you're like, I could do that too. (laughs) And (laughs) using, you know, like sometimes you can look at someone who's doing really well and feel like, you know, I could never do that, but to really flip your mindset and let it inspire you of what's possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. And, you know, if somebody else has managed to do it, chances are you can probably figure out how to do it at least to some extent as well. Yeah. You know, so nothing's impossible out there for the, you know, if you really have a dream, you want to make it happen. I'm a you know big believer in figure it out and making it happen again. What have you got to lose except a bit of time? (laughs) (laughs) So true. <laughs> well, Cass, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you today. Where can people go to find your work and more about you? Absolutely. Um, so the best place would be my website, so lazygirllingerie.com. And then I also have an Etsy shop and Instagram and Facebook, and they're all just Lazy Girl Lingerie. So and the most important question yeah. I haven't asked you yet is how <laughs> did you come up with the name of your business? um so when I started I didn't know what to call my business and I wanted it to be a good name but I had no idea so I just started with my name Cassandra um, because I didn't want it to hold me back I thought um yeah I just thought I'll get started and I'm sure I can figure out a good name later and then it literally just dropped into my head one day it was about a year or so after the business um had started I guess because like that's what the product is like it's um easy to wear comfortable pieces that you can be lazy in like it's exactly what I wanted the brand to be and I guess I identify as a bit of a lazy girl (laughs) and I think other people do like whenever I've done like um trade shows or market stalls and things like that people like yes I'm a lazy girl so it's nice like people can it resonates <laughs> yeah and I think it also makes it a bit I don't know it makes it feel more comfortable and, yeah. and accessible like yeah um I'm not a big lingerie person but sometimes you know you walk past it in the shop or whatever and it all feels very mm, I don't, you know like oh. <laughs> whereas your the name of your business it just kind of evokes chill you know like I can yeah. I can wear something pretty but just lie around on the couch in it too and, and yeah, be comfortable exactly. yeah yeah and that's the whole kind of yeah and I guess I try to capture that in like my branding as well like mm. you know a lot of the images are just yeah like chilling like the last photo shoot we did we had pizza <laughs> like you know the girl was eating pizza in her lingerie and I think that's like relatable <laughs> yes I love that it's you know it's not all about the the sexy posing and whatnot it's about you know yeah. I can look beautiful and be comfortable as well isn't that yeah. nice exactly <laughs> i love that about your business so Thank i'll have you. to go, i haven't seen the pizza photo i'll have to go have a look at that one <laughs> i tagged the pizza place as well <laughs> awesome. uh, love just it, for love funny it. yeah no that's great thank you so much Cass. it's been a pleasure to watch your business evolve over the last few years and i'm so proud of what you managed to accomplish so well done thank you so much jess and i'm so grateful for you for having me and also for all your help through the Thriver Circle community. Um, I really, yeah, like joined at the beginning and I credit like a lot of my success and work to the help that you have given me um, in terms of like the business aspect. And I really appreciate it so much. (laughs) Well, you are like, see, this is, you know, about making your customers happy, making you, helping your students to create the life they want to live. This is like the best thing a teacher can ever have is seeing their students become successful and, and do what they want to do. So Yeah, it's awesome. Well done. And you're just going to get even better over time. Thank you. (laughs) That's very kind of you to say. All right. Well, thank you for being on the show. And I will no doubt see you on the Instagrams. 
Okay, sounds good. <laughs> Alrighty, see you later. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I would love to know your biggest takeaway from today. If you're watching on YouTube, let me know in the comments below. And if you're listening to the show, please reach out on Instagram. I'm at Create and Thrive. Send me a message and let me know the number one thing that's kind of stuck with you from today's interview. I always love to hear from podcast listeners. Thank you so much for being with me here today and I'll be back again soon with another episode of the podcast. Make sure you don't miss it by subscribing. If you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe button and if you're listening to the show, you can subscribe to the Korean Thrive podcast as well and uh, that way you won't miss any future episodes. I'll catch you in the next episode. Bye for now.